Welcome to the Select Star Podcast, your resource for innovative technology, developer topics, and more. Here's your host, Margo McCabe from the HarperDB team. All right, we are live. <laughs> well, welcome everyone to the Select Star Podcast. I'm super excited about today's episode. We have a panel style conversation going. So I've got two awesome ladies online. Um, we have Mina, who's calling in from Sydney, Australia. And we have Shruti, who's located in California in the US. And so the theme for the episode today is sort of tips for code newbies, um, people just getting into development or maybe a couple years in and just kind of looking for tips for their career moving forward. So I thought it was kind of fun because we have Mina on one end who is sort of a self-proclaimed code newbie or said she's still a little bit of a beginner. And then on the other side, we have Shruti who actually is an instructor um, more established in her career. So I'm super excited. Thank you guys for being here. Um, why don't we start off by doing intros, a little bit about your background, kind of what you're doing now. Uh, Mina, if you wanna go first, that would be great. Yeah, sure, sure. Thanks, Margo. Um, so basically I, started coding in May 2020. Um, so uh, what I did was I started on Twitter with 100 days of code and that's how I began learning coding by myself. Um, if I had to go back to, you know, how I started, you know, um, get into coding, I have to probably go way back to the time when I was in high school. I did a bit of Visual Basic back then. So um, yeah, that, that was something that got my interest. I thought, you know, uh, after so many years, why don't I just pick it up again and see how I go from there. Nice. I can go next. Um, hey everyone, I'm Shruti Kapoor. I have been working as a senior software engineer at PayPal for the last three years. Um, how I got started into web development slash software engineering was kind of similar as well um, as Mina. I first built a website in grade eight. It was like a simple HTML, no JavaScript website. Um, and I really liked the front end component of it and the creativity aspect of it. So I, I picked up some HTML courses in grade 11 and 12 and took software engineering as a bachelor's. Um, and that's how I ended up in this uh, industry. I've been working as a software engineer in the web development field for the last seven years now. Oh, wow. That's great. And then how did you get into instructing? Is that kind of something you do on the side? I'm sure PayPal keeps you pretty busy or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I. I really like teaching and sharing uh, information and knowledge on front-end topics like JavaScript specifically. And so I started with writing blogs um, and that's how I got into Egghead as well, which is where I'm doing most of my instruction, instructional videos. Um, uh, and so, yeah, so I really wanted to share uh, kind of like how to get into front-end development and started with coding and blogging. Um, and I like that video is kind of more interactive and uh, you can get to show the code as well while you're coding at it. So I really like that bit. And that's how I got into like video instruction, instructional videos. Okay. That's super cool. Yeah. I, I, I think it's interesting how some people seem to learn 
you know, all their coding from YouTubes and from watching videos and other people prefer written tutorials. I'm sure most people end up doing a combination, but I've definitely spoken to some people where they really prefer one method and it seems like video is growing more and more. So that's, that's really interesting. Um, so I guess both of you touched on it a little bit, but I'd be curious. I, I know you mentioned some of it was just from what languages they were teaching in school or what programs were available, but um, at what point, and Shruti, why don't you go first this time? Um, how did you kind of decide getting into your career and just with learning to code? I know most people start with HTML and CSS for the basics, but um, maybe beyond that, it's, there's so many different options out there, frameworks and languages. How did you decide what was the best fit for you and what will be the best fit for your career moving forward? Because I know some people try to learn all of it at once and some people focus on one and then they regret not doing more when they first started. So it's like, how did you find that balance? Yeah, totally. Um, uh, that's that's so true. Like when you're getting started, there's so many different resources, so many different things that you can learn, especially in web development. Um, and everything is changing like so fast. So when I got started, uh, this was back when I was doing my first internship um, in college. And the application that I was supposed to use was Drupal, which is a CMS, it's kind of like WordPress. Um, and Drupal was useful at that time because it, uh, I was really new to web development. I'd never done it before. And so Drupal kind of takes care of all of that back and work for you. So you just have to worry about like building a page. It's very lightweight in that, or, or I guess it's, it's easy to get started in that sense. So that's how I kind of got into web development. Um, and after that, I started doing a little bit of freelance projects on the side as well to keep, because I really like, uh, that web development aspect and it was very creative. So I started doing freelance projects. Um, and I noticed that during freelance projects, uh, a lot of people would request that the developers know JavaScript and Python, those were two very popular languages at the time. So by looking at like, what is the demand out there? I started picking up those languages. Um, and then in it was only until I got my first job at Dallas as a professional software engineer that I actually started to use JavaScript in production environment. Okay, got it. Yeah, and I, I think that's probably a similar path for a lot of people. I know JavaScript is one of the most popular. Um, you know, there's so many different focuses you can do within JavaScript. So that's probably a great way to get, you know, get grounded and get a basic understanding. And, and Mina, what about you? It looks like you're similarly focused on CSS and JavaScript. When you were first getting started with learning, you said through Twitter and other online resources, was it hard to decide where to start or did it seem like everything was pointing you there? Um, actually, to be honest, I did have quite a hard time trying to decide which language to start with. Um, I know that at the very beginning, I, I want to do HTML and CSS just to see what coding is like. But once I get to JavaScript, I sort of started interest started to become interested in Python as well back then. So I was trying to decide between the two paths, whether to go down the front end or sort of like the back end with Python. Um, I know a lot of people recommended Python as a beginner language, but for me, um, I'm more like a visual sort of person. So I thought 
the front end languages probably suits me a bit better. So after I've done HTML and CSS, I started JavaScript, um, mainly because, you know, I am strongly interested in creating websites and web apps and et cetera like that. So I think back then when I was in high school, um, I started with GeoCities. I'm not sure if how many of you know that long back then but yeah that's when my um, interest with web development started and I guess I just picked out of my interest um, to study JavaScript. That's great yeah that seems like it seems like a good way to go and that makes sense if you're focusing more on front end that you'd at least want to go down a path that leads you a bit more that way and and hey you can always go back and focus more on python another time it's early and <laughs> seems like <laughs> it seems like especially with coding and software development it's it's a never ending learning process and so i'm sure no matter how many years you are into your career or whatever you're doing um there'll constantly be new resources and some new fun framework to learn about or even just going back to the old classics there's just so much material out there so um seems seems like you picked a, a good path um Great, so next I was curious about, um, Mina, if you wanna jump in this time first. So what would be main tips or do's and don'ts, you know, just looking at your own personal experience and maybe other people you, you've learned from, uh, for folks in your similar position, you know, code newbies that are either nervous to get started or have just started learning and are overwhelmed or even a couple years in, um, things that you just always should remember when you're, you know, you're on this road. Um, I say at the start, uh, try to join like a community. I find that really, really helpful. So for me, I jumped onto Twitter back then um, when I started 100 Days of Code Challenge. And uh, yeah, basically, you know, once you join a community, you have um, the chance to meet other learners just like yourself. And also you have a chance to meet other more experienced developers as well. So <laughs> Once you do have Christians, you know, you can actually ask them and um, everyone has been really helpful on Twitter. So that's why I'm really, really grateful that I jumped onto Twitter at the start. So this way it kind of keep you motivated at the beginning because I know a lot of people, it's quite easy to give up at the beginning. So that's very important to have that bit of support there as well. Um, for the don'ts, I probably say at the start, try to go slowly because that's one of the mistakes I made when I started. So what happened was I was coding like, um, you know, five, six hours or even more a day. And I find that I get burned out really, really easily at the start. So um, that's not something... <laughs> I say it's recommended. So remember to take regular break and just go with your own pace, the one that you are comfortable with. So, um, you know, you don't burn out easily and you can continue to learn and, you know, become motivated to actually learn. Because once you do burn out, it's quite hard to pick yourself back up again. It takes a while. So. Yeah. Yeah, those are some great points. I think bringing up community is something that is, you know, that's a common um, common thread that a lot of people bring up. And it's interesting because, you know, sometimes people complain or, or joke about that there's trolls out there and that you'll get made fun of if you ask a stupid question or something, which, you know, there's always a very small percentage of those people, but there's yeah. overwhelmingly, especially I've noticed being on tech Twitter for the last year or two, there's just 
people are so nice and so willing to help and share resources. And, you know, if there, if there are trolls out there being grumpy and making fun of you, there's going to be plenty of people to probably call those people out or balance out, you know, the negativity. So I think that's a really good point. It seems overwhelming at first, I think getting into some of these communities, but once you're in and you connect with some of the right people, it's, it's really fun. So I think that's a great point. Um, Shruti, what about you? Yeah, the 100 days of code is uh, another one, is the one that I was going to recommend as well. Um, that's how I kind of kept myself motivated as well in the, be in, in the beginning. Um, I, what I liked about 100 days of code is like basically, so the idea is that you promise to code for 100 days and every day you tweak your progress. So I really liked that because that kept me accountable and uh, there were so many, I, I was so surprised to find there were so many other people who were on the same journey as I was. And I thought like I was the only one starting from day zero, but there were so many people who were at the same time, uh, who were on day one, day seven. Um, and so that that really helped me in my first, uh, first year or two. So I think 100 Days of Code, definitely a great one, being part of the community, uh, super helpful and super important. Um, in addition to that, I also wanted to say like uh, Twitter community is really open to helping new people. So if you are on Twitter and you find somebody that you admire, definitely reach out to them, send them a message and tell them like, hey, you're new and you're looking for guidance, May, uh, ask them if they would be your mentor. And that has helped a lot for me as well. Um, the other thing I wanted to sh share was um, don't bite more than you can chew, start small. Um, so if you look on online, you'll find that there are so many different technologies that you can get started with. Like there's JavaScript and Python and TypeScript and React and Angular. There's so many different things. But I think if you're just starting out, if you're an absolute beginner, pick, pick HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. And the, that three technologies will help you understand front end and back end. Um, and that should be good for you to just get started. So get comfortable with those three and then slowly add on to your plate. So if you're comfortable with HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, maybe you can pick up like a framework such as React or Angular. Maybe you can pick up a special backend like Node.js. So pick like pick a small segment and work on it and iterate on it. Um, Another tip that I wanted to give is to, when you're starting out, don't compare yourself to people who are already succeeding in the industry because you nobody shares their failures on Twitter. So don't compare your failures to other people's success. Um, everybody has been in the same boat that you are in right now. Everybody has had failures. It's just that nobody puts it on Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's double-edged sort of social media, you know, Twitter, Instagram, all those places. It's very rare that you see someone that's being honest and posting, hey, I had a bad day today and here's why. And I mean, sometimes people maybe make a joke out of it or something and it's good to have, you know, to be able to relate. But I agree. I think that's important. It's a, it seems like common sense, but it's an important reminder that we're only seeing one version of these people and it's the version they want to show. And um, even though that positivity and everything is great, it's, it's important to remember, as you said, everyone has their failures and setbacks. Exactly. Nobody shares. It took me like six day, six hours to figure out why my array is not sorted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. Sometimes it's funny too. I'm, I'm sometimes thinking, how do some people have so much time to even be posting on Twitter? I mean, I, I try to stay active and post 
maybe once every day or every other day, which seems like a lot to me. And then there's some people I follow that are, that have awesome resources and they're posting like 10 times a day. And I'm like, how do you have time to do that? Those are scheduled for a post. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you can schedule them all ahead of time. Um, that actually, and when you were talking, Shruti, that just reminded me also. So in addition to figuring out, you know, what languages and frameworks you're going to start with, and as you said, not biting off more than you can chew, do you think it's also important or how common is it for code newbies, you know, early at this stage to also be trying to learn different technologies, whether it's a database they're going to be working with or business intelligence, analytics tools? I mean, maybe they, they don't know yet what path they're going to be going down, but um, what are your thoughts there? Or do you think people usually just want to get an understanding and learn to code and then start working with different technologies later? Yeah, so my advice is to like master the fundamentals for sure, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and then uh, kind of see where your interest lies. Do you like backend more or do you like frontend more? And trying to like specialize in those fields. So for example, if you like backend, then database is an important skill to have. Um, and then also looking at what project do you want to build? So if you take sort of like a project oriented approach, it helps you build your portfolio as well, plus also gain the skills that you need. So to know like what skills you need on your pro project, you can look at some job postings, you can look at some freelance job postings as well um, to see which technologies you should be focusing on. Um, so my advice would be to start small, uh, pick like your fundamentals and then decide which uh, field, which stack you want to target front end or back end and then pick maybe one or two additional technologies in there. But whatever you do, as soon as you start picking, you should also start implementing that in a project so that you have your portfolio up and going. And then don't be afraid to apply for jobs as soon as you feel like you have at least the fundamentals ready. Great. That's Yeah, that's a good point. Making sure that you're not just learning these technologies and learning to code, but that you're also building and recording real projects and, and real apps and something to show for it. I'm sure that's something that maybe seems overwhelming. I'm sure some people wanna learn as much as they can first up front, but if you're learning it, you might as well try to build something even simple along you know, as you go. So I think that's a really great tip. Uh, one other thing I was gonna ask before we jumped into talking about jobs as well, um, which just spaced my mind, I had another question pop. Oh, I was going to ask, um, and maybe Mina, if you want to go first on this one, yeah. continuing the conversation on community, do you have any favorite um, community platforms or technologies or even chat rooms or anything in addition to the obvious ones such as Twitter? Um, there's so many different blogging sites out there and now there's discords and slacks and everything. So do you have any favorites or would you recommend any certain ones that are more geared towards newbies or more geared towards JavaScript? things like that? Um, I I am actually also on, you know, uh, Instagram, Discord, and YouTube. Okay. So I, I say, you know, if you're more like a visual type of person, like if you want to even have a look at UI and UX design and all that, I say definitely hop onto Instagram because that's more, you know, visual based. Um, they have a lot of designs that every day that UI and UX designers they post or web designers they post regularly so you can get a lot of inspirations for your 
own project as well. And if you're keen, you know, you can show the visual side of your project as well. So um, basically, for example, you, you can create a website and then you can post like a video of the demo of the website or, you know, just a simple picture of your website or something like that. It's sort of like a mini visual portfolio sort of thing for your practice project even. Um, that's what I use Instagram for. Um, with Discord, I do recommend it. Like I find there are a lot of um, Discord for developers as well. Some are for beginners, um, some are for more experienced um, developers. So it's sort of like a more tight community-based sort of chat room-based um, platform. So it's like uh, MSN, you know, back in the days, MSN Messenger. So you basically, you can chat to a lot of people there and it's more like a conversational based thing uh, rather than, you know, on Twitter, someone posts and then you comment, et cetera, like that. So it's more like, um, you know, real, real time sort of um, conversation. So uh, with YouTube, I, I do recommend YouTube as well. If you, um, are probably learning quite a bit like you know you want to share resources or you want to share your knowledge with others so YouTube is a very big community as well like you can you know make videos to share um, what you know with others and also learn from other people as well I've seen a lot of um, developers start on YouTube now on Twitter so that's really great to see awesome Thanks, Mina. Yeah, I noticed that you have, um, I saw your YouTube channel I, and I think one of the popular <laughs> videos you had was how to make it big on Twitter. I think you were talking about how you kind of blew up in such a short period of time. I That one was an interesting one. Um, but yeah, it's a good point. It's, I mean, a, a YouTube channel is another way to just, you know, first of all, log and kind of a, a virtual journal of what you're learning as you go. And it doesn't matter how many subscribers you have, if that's your goal, then I'm sure there are ways to grow that quickly, but it's also just probably a great kind of resource and way to record what you're learning and building as you go. So, yeah. uh, and I've, I've also seen a lot of people talk about YouTube videos being a great way to even get over like fears of speaking, if they want to get into public speaking at events or something. And some people get super, super nervous about stuff like that, understandably. <laughs> and so I think even just recording yourself can seem so awkward and um, it's great to see so many more people embracing it. So I think that's a good point. Um, did you have anything to add to that on, on communities, Shruti? Was there anything we were missing? Yeah, I think those are really great. Discord servers are really helpful. Um, YouTube communities, that's really helpful. In addition to that, I wanted to also add local meetups. Um, specifically, there's one that comes to my mind, which is Free Code Camp local meetup. I think it happens all over the world. And basically it's a group of like 20 to 50 people who would get together regularly and basically share, or it's kind of like a safe space for you to learn and grow. Um, it would be a one-on-one -on -one session on something and then you can like build your project during that time. So it's like one hour, one to two hours of learning together with community. And I really like those. I, I love going to a meetup and like meeting other people who are doing the same things as I am. Um, so that's another one I would add. Yeah, that's that's a great point. And I think, you know, it obviously the the meetup world has changed. Um, and a lot of people don't really know when it's going to go back to normal. I know some groups are getting together in a very small, um, small quantities. But I think another side of it that's great is that these events are becoming more accessible, because since mm -hmm. they are virtual, um, maybe you don't have to focus so much on events that are in your local city. 
Um, you know, you, even me and my team at our company, we've started doing monthly virtual events and it's so cool to get to see people joining globally and, and at free of cost to them. And it's just, it's so much easier in some ways. So, um, you know, that's a good thing is to just because these things aren't happening in person, I think there's actually more events happening right now. And even though, uh, you know, I miss the human interaction, it's nice that you can join from your living room and they're all recorded and you can go back and watch. So I, I think that's a really great, um, a good thing that's come out of it. Hopefully, hopefully at some point there's in-person ones again, but um, I do know they've become a lot more accessible. Uh, great. So yeah, I was going to jump into talking a little bit about jobs and career. Um, I know again, you know, Twitter, even LinkedIn, places like that are, are great for networking and, and finding open positions. And I even see people asking tips about, hey, I'm going into this Node.js interview. Like what are the most common questions asked? Um, so I guess from a general standpoint, and then maybe if you want to get more specific into JavaScript or, or whatever you have the most experience in, what would be your best tips on, you know, looking for that first job just out of out of learning, you know, being a real code newbie looking for your first developer job, or even you're a couple years in and you want to change and you want a promotion or something like that. Um, what should people keep in mind, especially in a pretty competitive market? Um, maybe Mina, if you want to jump in first on this one, I couldn't remember who went first last time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um... I, I say, you know, to stay competitive in this market um, is to keep learning, like learn different things, learn different skills. Um, I, I reckon like at the moment for developers, you know, like who are continuous learning, um, two of the skills are quite important that I see from everywhere, which is marketing skill and soft skills. So I find these two extremely helpful when you um, you know, do job hunting from others as well, you know, when, when, when I talk to other people, um, you know, you need to know how to market yourself, like whether it's online or through interviews or, uh, you know, even like talking with friends or friends, friends, you know, build that connection. Um, and also, uh, you know, as long, as long as you know a lot of skills, I reckon employers, when they try to hire someone, they, they're basically like, you know, investing in you. So they want to get the most out of the investment as well. So if you got those skills, um, it's, it's more likely that, you know, you'll get hired. Like, for example, uh, if you know SEO or, you know, if you know social marketing skills as well, social media marketing skills, um, and also soft skills are built over time, like even from your past work experience, like, you know, clear communication, like problem solving, interpersonal skills, et cetera, like that, they will definitely become helpful when you go job hunting. That's what I reckon. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, that's, um, I think that's a great point. And maybe something people don't think, don't think of as super obvious. I'm sure a lot of people think first and foremost, what's on my resume, what projects do I have? What skills have I learned? But yeah, those soft skills and just knowing how to market yourself and showing that you have different channels, you know, showing your personality and your skills that you're well-rounded. I think I would assume that's probably more important in this industry than many others, because a lot of times in the tech industry, you have such a presence online anyway. So um, yeah, I think, I think that's an interesting, interesting way to look at it. Um, Shruti, what about you? Yeah, I think soft skills are super important. Like going on that, for example, uh, submitting your resume online um, through like LinkedIn or uh, 
through the job board is helpful. But going on, on top of that, I think what you can do is reach out to recruiters or hiring managers and show them like your GitHub or show them the past projects that you worked on, send away your resume and say, I'm really interested in this job posting. Um, would you mind forwarding my resume to the hiring manager? And kind of like networking with people on LinkedIn or even on Twitter helps a lot in getting that first job. And I think once your resume is picked up by the um, by the recruiter, the a few things that a recruiter might look for or a hiring manager might look for are the projects that you worked on and the skills that you've acquired so far. So uh, one thing that you can do to see that is, for example, if the company is looking for somebody in front-end development and there's like 20 different skills, but you only have like maybe five, that's still okay. Go ahead and apply for it. But also say like, oh, I was new to this project. I picked up A, B, and C skill. So that shows initiative and that shows that you're open to learning. And uh, for new developers, especially because the expectations are low, you're not expected to know everything. That's, that shows off really good for you. So it shows that you can pick up skills if you come on board. Um, so networking through LinkedIn and uh, Twitter is really important. And then showing that you can take initiative is really important. And then in terms of like standing out from the group, I think what you can do is show that you know, and you can do that by either like making YouTube videos of uh, some sample projects or dev projects. Uh, um, or writing through blogs or um, posting on LinkedIn about uh, something that you learned or on Twitter about something that you learned. So basically like showing that what, uh, you are learning and showing that you're growing is really helpful. Yeah, I, I, um, I was kind of laughing to myself when you made the great point about even when, you know, the job description says you need these five skills and if you only have these three, you should still apply, which is so true. But I, I just was thinking about all those memes and how people are always complaining online about how a job will say, requiring 20 years of experience with this framework. And then they're like, but the framework's only been around for five years. And so I don't know if sometimes, you know, the recruiting manager just doesn't know exactly the details and just throws that on there because it's like a industry standard or something. But um, exactly. you know, that's a positive point that people should remember is those are usually just guidelines. They're not, you know, usually the company isn't hoping to find or expecting to find someone that checks off every single box. So if you don't check off every box in one area, but you can check off boxes in other areas, then I'm sure it balances out. So I think that probably helps with a lot of the nerves and um, people thinking they're not quite ready yet to apply. And it doesn't hurt to try applying and then try again in six months or a year if it doesn't work out. So um, yeah, I think those are those are all important to remember. I And I was also curious, Shruti, just while we're on um, careers, to hear a bit more about what it is that you're currently doing as a PayPal engineer um, and kind of how you got into that. Have you been there for several years or? Yeah, so I've been at PayPal for almost three years now. I worked as a senior software engineer and I work on the front end stack in my current team. So right now I'm working on JavaScript SDKs um, in, in enabling the checkout experience, which is the PayPal button that you would see. So that's powered by the JavaScript SDK. And my team help, uh, the, is responsible for maintaining that JavaScript SDK. Uh, I found out about PayPal job, I believe through networking as well on LinkedIn. And I reached out um, again, like the, the job posting said seven years experience. And I think I only had like four. Mm -hmm. um, I called myself intermediate developer and I think the job was for like advanced developer. So I was like, I'll, I'll just apply, we'll see. Um, it was great. I think the only thing, so another important thing is like, 
even if the job is like front end development and javascript and typescript and whatever the only things that they want to see is that you are strong on your fundamentals so like if you're working with javascript or python know your fundamentals and your data structures that's really important in in coding interviews um and yeah so uh, i've been working here for almost 3 years in different capacities as a front end as a back end engineer um and so far i'm really liking this experience oh great yeah that's um that's a, a interesting point that you make i i think it's um as you said the years of experience just like we were just talking about that's not a requirement you might as well try um i think a lot of times people are also just interested in knowing that you're going to be a fit for their team and a culture fit it was kind of funny our team actually last week was um one of our founders sent us the link to this fun personality quiz and we all were taking it and sending sending each other the results of our personality and we were like we should use this in the future for hiring and um i don't know how much importance we would put or that companies would put on things like that but um you know i think that's just a good reminder for people that are looking is that it's not just about what's on the paper it's probably also about what your fit is what your goals are are you willing to learn something new you know if you have experience in javascript are you willing to try something else so um those are all i think great things to remember um great so let's think what else do you guys think would be interesting then or or important to talk about um you know whether it's resources and learning or specifically for developers that are deciding if they want to do front end back end or full stack um any like last little tidbits or stories you want to share um not to put you on the spot but <laughs> that was you know we kind of went through some of the main questions that i had but maybe you two would know better than i would about um what would just be important for people that that want to get into developing and coding and um staying positive and staying on track and um i mean we've had some great tips here today but anything else that you want to add at the end of the conversation here Either I think <laughs> yeah I think one thing or, or two tips I would give is uh well don't do it alone so reach out to somebody maybe find a buddy maybe find a support group maybe find a community uh this helps you keep accountable as well as keeps you motivated and that was one tip that I really found useful so don't keep uh, don't do it alone and then find somebody who can kind of mentor you and guide you through this process you can find a mentor either through mentorship prog programs uh, platforms twitter or linkedin so find somebody who can guide you plus also find your support group mhm mm thank you yeah i think that's a good point and i actually i recently saw someone posting asking posting i think it was on twitter or somewhere saying like i really want a mentor that's outside of the mentors i already have you know that are in within my company um and they were saying it seems kind of awkward like how do you start a mentor relationship with someone so i'm sure through the platforms that helps um to kind of assign that relationship but if it's more natural and if you reach out to someone on twitter i mean do you recommend that people just kind of reach out and just say hey i'm looking for a mentor on maybe these specific topics or languages or something is that something you have the time or capacity to do like do people just outright ask or do you think it's more natural like you form a relationship with someone and then one day you're like oh i guess you're my mentor <laughs> yeah i kind of have experience with both actually um the second one so i usually like having more like organic mentors i kind of find it awkward to ask somebody like hey would you be my mentor um <laughs> but some people have have asked me that hey like i'm looking for 
somebody in the field who has experience with front end technologies to be my mentor would you be willing to be my mentor and i've totally said yes um but also for me uh, uh particularly i usually start with like bringing a question up um for example something that i need help on like for example if it's graphql and i could be like hey i'm new to graphql i'm not really sure where to start could you point me to some resources and that kind of builds like that organic connection with the person and then if you find value out of that connection you can either formally ask them like hey i really enjoy our relationship would you be willing to be my mentor or you can continue to like informally call them your mentor and keep asking them questions um Yeah, so I think it works both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't need there doesn't need to be a contract. Um and I'm sure there's, you know, exactly. levels of engagement. Some people maybe you can just email them a question every now and then whereas other people maybe you have an assigned time every week you chat. So, um yeah, I I don't think that there's a right or wrong way. I just was asking because I saw someone recently posting about that and I was like, yeah, I guess if you're starting from, you know, square zero or one and you don't really know how to go about it, it seems a little a little awkward but i mean the worst thing that happens is someone says they're too busy and yeah it's someone else <laughs> yeah exactly great thank you and and mina what about you any last tidbits you wanted to add or stories you wanted to share anything that might be helpful uh yeah i i do actually one last tip for me is probably um i want to add for current newbies is um to stay consistent i have seen a lot of people you know on twitter or other platforms they code a lot at the beginning and then they sort of you know burn out and sort of went disappear for a month or whatever and then come back um i mean there's nothing wrong with taking a break or anything but i i just think you know to be consistent it probably make make it better for learning and also for self motivation as well so it's actually better to code say 1 hour a day or even half an hour a day if you don't have time and then just to maintain that consistency every day you sort of build up and then you know after a whole year there's a that's a lot of progress rather than you know um code a lot for say the first half of the week and then forget about it the second half of the week completely sort of thing i i reckon consistency is very important in in anything you do basically mm-hmm. yeah I, i it almost takes me back to the days of of being in college when you know you cram for a test and you try to get as much info in your head as you can for two days or even three hours leading up to the test and that's great for if you're going to be you know if you just need to do a brain dump right away but that's right if you yeah. want to actually remember this in the long term and slowly build upon what you already know and learn more and more it's probably way better to just do 20 minutes 1 hour a day than like act like you're cramming for something um <laughs> i think i think sometimes when i'm trying to learn something i'm guilty of that where i get all excited and all of a sudden i'm like oh my gosh i did like so many hours in one day and then as you said you get kind of burnt out and you want to take a couple of days off so it's probably better to just throw a little time on your calendar and um take it from there so these are all super great tips um this has been helpful for me and i'm sure it'll be really helpful for the community i think some of the main takeaways are just don't be afraid to get started. I'm sure it can seem really intimidating and like there's so much information and so many resources, but as both of you mentioned, you know, just start little by little and and use resources and have structure and use the community and keep yourself accountable and um it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to learn everything right away. You can always continue to learn and figure out what you're good at and go back and change course if you need to. But um I think this has been helpful and and 
motivating. Um, so thank you so much for, for being here for this conversation. This is super fun. Um, I have to ask before we go, Mina, what part of Australia do you live in? I lived there for a year after college a long time ago. And I always get so jealous when I talk to people that are there, especially when it's summer there and winter here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, summers are great. I've been going to the beach a lot lately, actually. I live in Sydney at the moment. Okay. So yeah, a lot of nice beaches around here. So that's making a lot of people jealous from around the world. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I was actually, my husband and I were supposed to do a um, New Zealand-Australia trip over this most recent December, which obviously didn't happen. And that's okay. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get back there sometime. But um, that's really cool. Well, this this has been super fun. It's really nice to meet both of you. I think this is fun that it was kind of a, a global conversation. And um I guess I met both of you on Twitter. So that just goes to say <laughs> Twitter is great for um, connection and networking and um, appreciate your time. Look forward to keeping in touch. And for those listening, we have our podcast episodes available all the usual places. We have it on Apple, Google. We actually put them up on YouTube, which is kind of fun. Um, and if you do ever have requests for specific topics or want to nominate guest speakers or anything, feel free to reach out to the Harper DB team. So thanks again, Mina and Shruti, and hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to Select Star, your resource for innovative technology and developer topics. You can find our episodes in all the usual places, Spotify, Apple, Google, RSS, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe, and share. You can learn more about HarperDB at harperdb.io.